Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We have to give the fans a plan, and we have to make sure the fans understand the plan. Nurse drilled him with a right hand, then missed with a wild right. Lands a right to the shoulder. We have to make changes. The players know that. They're aware of it. David Bouchard, it's his first in the AHL. People want to be part of the process, and then they buy into the plan. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Milan Lucci. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. everybody this is Oilers now Bob Stoffer with you let's get after it coming up on today's show jam-packed edition brought to you as always by our title sponsor Digitex PCs copiers supplies printers laptops IT plotters software and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan saving your company money all your devices managed at digitex.ca it is Friday for the River Cree Resort and Casino Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. And we did a triple flip over the course of this uh, shortened week uh, due to the Easter long weekend. So, Sportsnet spec, Mark Spector in studio. Stoffer Inspector for the horses. Horse Racing Alberta reminding you that Century Mile is now open and racing starts on Sunday to tell us about that. The uh, GM of the uh, the two uh, horse tracks in the province of Alberta right now. Paul Reinveld will join us coming down the pipe at 135. Lots and lots of hockey talk, some of which has to do with the Oilers' management pursuit 
some with the direction that perhaps the organization uh, needs to take. And we'll hit a bit on how the Maple Leafs handled their situation yesterday. Comments were pretty interesting. Of course, you can always get hold of us. You get on a River Cree Resort and Casino hotline at 7804960068. The River Cree has the journeyman. A tribute to Eric Clapton at the River Cree. May the 25th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. And you can text us at 630-630 on the Heartland Ford text line. They call dealerships for the same. Think again. Experience buying a vehicle on your terms with no pressure at Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. I'm at Bob underscore Stoffer. Brendan Escott's a big part of this show and uh, fills in on days that I'm not available. Brendan, how you doing? How did it go yesterday? I had a lot of fun yesterday, yeah. and I, particularly with the roundtable in the final half hour. That was fun to revisit. Yeah. Yeah, it was not, uh, well, what happens when you play the favorites, and I'm always a guy that plays the favorites, is you get killed this year. This has been an unbelievable year. Brennan, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I'm not, you know what? I had huge interest in the first, I watched every middle of Calgary-Colorado series, most of the Toronto-Boston series, with the exception maybe of one period. Um, you know, Winnipeg, St. Louis, probably about half of that series. Pittsburgh-Columbus watched a lot of that. Or sorry, Pittsburgh and uh, the Islanders watched virtually all that series as well. I don't know about you, Brendan, but I do not have the same level of interest. Like, you know what? If we were in the regular season and St. Louis was playing on Dallas, you know, St. Louis and Dallas were going at it, if there were four or five other games on, that might be my fourth or fifth choice. Um, Columbus-Boston, that would not be a, you know, for me, that's not a first watch. You know, uh, the games tonight, Carolina and the Islanders. I mean, man, that's a broken window game during the regular season. You know what a broken window game is? Fill me in. A broken window game is when you go to the liquor store to go pick up some booze, okay? In my case, it might be Bailey's or, you know, any one of the Wayne Gretzky products out there as well. And, you know, you're going in and you come back and the window's broken and the dash your car. And you had two tickets to a Boston-Columbus game that was on the dash and people could see it. And you come back and the window's been broken, and there's two more tickets to the same game. Like, people are giving... I, that, that, I got no, no interest, man, in Boston, Columbus. Very marginal interest. I'm sorry. Like, I would have rather seen... if you The eight teams that were eliminated, I would have had probably six of those eight teams more interested to watch. Now, I will say this. I'm going to watch Colorado tonight because I think they're on to something. And... It's a, an interesting uh, sort of scenario moving forward. We'll talk a bit about more with this with Spectre coming up. As we're heading off right now in our Oilers Now Audio Vault, brought to you by Direct Workwear. For product knowledge, compliance, great pricing, and innovation, directworkwear.com, an Edmonton-based company. Boston 1 in OT, Judd Surratt, Bruins Radio Network. Here's Joe Hansen. We'll flip it out to center ice, glove by Heine. One on two. Carries it over the line. Near circle, Joe Hansen fires to flip So Boston jumps out one nothing. By the way, I took uh, C bus in that series. Who did you end up taking yesterday? 
I did take Boston. It was everybody went Boston except for you. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. so far behind at this stage, I'm just trying to make up, right? <laughs> so, uh, meanwhile, St. Louis and Dallas, and I took the Stars, so that might be the kiss of death the way it's gone this year. You know, I think I won back-to-back years, did not win Jack, I think won last year, and um, anyhow, did you give out the numbers yesterday for the first round? Yeah. One and seven? Yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming out. My upset special was the Leafs over Boston. Yeah, well, you know, if Nazem Kadri doesn't take a major penalty, maybe if uh, the coach realizes you got to play your best players, I don't know. Uh, anyhow, I digress. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, who I did get right. That was the one series I got right, St. Louis against Winnipeg. Come on, it was the year of the upsets, let's face it. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko sniping a big one. Chris Kerber with the call. Spetsas goes down as he goes to play the puck. His 74th career playoff game. He gets it out of the zone, and it's Tarasenko picking it at center. Comes wide on Haskinen. Drives the goal. He scores! What a goal! What a beauty of a goal by Tarasenko. Top shelf underneath the crossbar. He roofed it in a hurry, and the Blues go on top 3-1. to one. So there's years that I've gone, what, 13? How many? You get eight, then you get uh, four, then you get two and one. So what's that, 15? There's years I've gone 13 and 14 out of 15. And one for eight in the opening round. That's quite comical. So obviously I don't know anything. So you know what? Since I don't know anything, and since some of you like to tell me, I don't just don't listen. That's it. I don't know anything. That's okay. Got nothing. Got no juice. Don't listen. Be one of those guys. Be one of those haters that uh, text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Like you actually went six out of eight or seven out of eight in the opening round after the upsets we saw. Uh All right, so there you have it. Uh, Today, and we'll get to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing. The other two playoff series get underway. Again, I am going to be watching Colorado and San Jose. Uh, I'm quite intrigued by that series to see where the Avalanche go. And I'm cheering for Jordan Everly. I'm not one of those guys when older players leave that I stop caring about them, right? Like, uh, I'm going to be very intrigued to see what kind of, you know, Carolina. Carolina's D can move the puck. That's part of the reason why. Uh, they got past the Islanders, but you know, or sorry, past the Washington Capitals. But the Islanders are a heavy team, and they're well coached, and they got structure in their organization, and they turn things around dramatically. That's an important thing. Yesterday, did you get to any of this yesterday with Kyle Dubas? We talked about it. We didn't play any of it. He was brilliant. I, wa- I, I watched the entire Babcock presser and the entire uh, Dubas presser last night when I got back. Um, man. He was good. He was really good. Check out what he had. To, so William Nylander had a, let's face it, he had a, did not have a productive year for the Maple Leafs. And my guess is William Nylander, because Toronto's going to need to sign Mitch Marner to big-time money, because they've got uh, uh, Andreas Janssen and Casperi uh, Kapanen assigned, William Nylander may be moving after July 1st because 20 of his $45 million will be paid out at that point in his contract. But let's listen to the accountability that Kyle Dubas took, the Leafs GM, in terms of Nylander's holdout and what went wrong in this season. And we've talked about the Nylander situation here at length. I think the 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 blame for the situation going that far has to go to to me and uh, you know I don't think it set William up to have a, a good season and uh, I accept that you know looking back on it and, and how we handle our business and go about it I, I think uh, in the end if you're looking to assign the blame to someone it has to be to me because we didn't get it done to start the season we didn't get it done for training camp we didn't get it done to start the season we didn't get it done until there was three minutes left or whatever there was left and uh, it's not acceptable it didn't set William up to have success and uh, 
Um, you know, I, as I said, the other contracts are going to be priority one. It's the, I can't use the excuse of I didn't start until May, had a full runway with the rest of them. So uh, we have to do good uh, contracts for the, the organization and, and for the marketplace, and we'll get right to that. But when you're looking to assign blame, it should go to me and me alone. Uh, well, there you go. That's, uh, boy, that's a young guy that's, you know, he's not a a 55 or 60-year-old guy that's spent, you know, two or three decades in the National Hockey League, but he sure took a lot of accountability there for that situation. And if I was Darren Ferris, who is the agent for Mitch Marner, and also the agent, by the way, for Taylor Hall, uh, if I was Darren Ferris, that's music to my ears. But if I'm a Leafs fan, I also know he's going to get this Marner situation done because he's not going to make the same mistake twice because, frankly, Marner is a more important player than Nylander moving forward. Again, I would I would hazard a guess that it's better than 50-50 that Nylander is not with the Maple Leafs at the start of next season. He will be the piece sacrificed so they can have greater balance in their hockey team. He also took some accountability and responsibility for the Leafs' shortcomings, including on their special teams. And I, I'm, you know, I'm from the school where when it comes to special teams, that's often a tactical situation. You know, unless the general manager for the team trades away your number one penalty-killing center 20 games to the season when your teams are 18 games in the year when your team's 9-8-1 and one, and gets back a guy that doesn't work out at all. But here's what Dubas had. He blamed himself and not the coaching for the Leafs' shortcomings. I thought our coaching staff did a, did a good job this year with our group uh, in Game 7 of the series. I mean, uh, I thought... We didn't start the way we started fine. We allowed the goals, and then we thought we played really well for for the middle of the game, and then the third period we couldn't gain any traction. And I think that falls on everybody, starting with me, and and uh, not the coaching staff, not the players. Now they also, as an example, uh, lost Leo Komarov, who was an important penalty killer for their hockey club. If you listen to Mike Babcock, and this might upset a couple of my friends in town who are friends with Mike Babcock. Not the same degree of accountability from Babcock watching his presser, right? Like, he said, yeah, we got to do things better, absolutely. Uh, But Dubas took on a lot of ownership in that situation, and I think that that's music to the ears. And and frankly, I'll be honest with you. uh, At times, over the course of the 11-year run that I've uh, done the color for the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club and the 10-year run that I've had either hosting uh, Oilers Lunch or Oilers Now, I wish maybe that tone was a little bit more common. And uh, there's certainly been opportunity to do it over the years. And uh, that guy gets it. That guy, and you can see, I don't, Brendan, you should have seen him work the room. Like, acknowledging, he actually referenced back to a question that a previous, like, this is this is how you you build relationships and with, with the media. I mean, he, guys asked questions, he responded by their names, but he actually circled back to a question that somebody had asked like four or five questions earlier and said, yeah, well, when, you know, when Ryan asked that question, I mean, and it was it was really well done. He is a sharp, sharp guy. They have a very interesting situation. If you're an Edmonton Oilers fan, I think personally, you need to watch what's happening with Toronto with William Nylander, and you need to watch what's happening with the Winnipeg Jets with Nikolai Ehlers. Those would be two players. Like, if you're going to make a move and you're the Edmonton Oilers, you got to get quality back, and you got to get quality back with term. And I bring that up because we are in a management hunt, as we all know, 
I have absolutely zero idea of where Bob Nicholson is at right now with that. You know, there's been lots of names mentioned. I know Kurt Levins, who I didn't know a lot about a couple of years ago, but is a guy that writes on the Cult of Hockey website, and right now might be, uh, well, I'd say of the, of the guys that aren't directly down day-to-day around the Edmonton Oilers Hockey, uh, hockey Club, he's got a, a pretty good feel for things. Um, you know, he mentioned Mike Fuda from the LA Kings, who's their assistant general manager. I put a list out, two separate lists out, uh, right immediately after Shirelli was fired and mentioned, obviously, Kelly McCrimmon at the top list. I think I had Mark Hunter there. I think I had Bill Guerin, Bill Guerin Norm McIver. Don't know if Bill Guerin would even be a fit here uh, of the external candidates. And then I did a secondary list about a month later and added Ross Mahoney and had Keith Gretzky as an internal candidate. So... For the sake of argument, let's just say McCrimmon and Hunter for sure, you would have to think, would be in the mix. McCrimmon's going to have options and choices. Ross Mahoney from Washington, a lot of people think he's done or he's been a, a core piece of why the Capitals have been a good organization for a long time, very competitive. They've hit on a lot of late-round picks, um, late first-round picks, that sort of thing. Some other name, like Mike Fuda, sure, why not, in L.A. One thing that's interesting, I believe what's going on in L.A. is they've got a real push with former uh, NHL players. And some, not all, but some NHL players that get into the workforce have a bit of a transition realizing that the, you know, you go from working three or three and a half or four hours a day to working, you know, eight to ten hours a day. And it's not always the easiest adjustment for some guys. A lot of other guys kill it, knock it out of the park. Um Bill Zito, out of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Sean Burke is a name that has been mentioned out of the uh, Montreal uh, Canadiens organization. Uh, the former general managers in the league, Mike Gillis. There's been a, I, I know Jonathan Willis was uh, a guy that did, did a piece on Mike Gillis. Dave Nonis. Uh, John Ferguson, Jr. So there's some names, but I have no idea where we're at. Other than the belief that I think that McCrimmon would merit serious consideration and that Hunter probably would merit serious consideration as well. So we'll, regardless of who gets it, you still have to draft and develop. And if you take a look at what Peter Shirelli inherited here, you know, you, you know, for a lot of the fans that have bucked up over the years, they're like, I don't want to hear any more about drafting and development. I don't want to hear any more about patient. Make the team damn well better right now. I'm, it, it's, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. What I'm saying is you don't give away two picks for a maybe. Right? You don't. So the Reinhardt trade was a maybe, a big maybe, especially since the guy that coached in the defense didn't want to play him, Jim Johnson. Um, so... You know, you've got real assets, manage those assets. Like Craig McTavish was the gem of the team in 14-15, and the Oilers, you know, going into the draft had picks at 1-16 and 33. Most of you would suggest where would they be right now if they just made those picks at 16 and 33. The Hall trade. And I'll get into this with uh, Speck a little bit later. You know that Shirelli, and I have always maintained that Peter, it was a fairly autonomous figure. If you take a look at, the return that Scott Housen got and the delay that it took to execute the trade for Rick Nash when Rick Nash requested a move and he got back Anisimov and Dubinsky and a number one and held out for Tim Erickson who did not pan out but he didn't do the trade right away needed to get a little bit more or you look at what Kevin Lowe got for Chris Pronger who requested a trade out of Edmonton and he got back 
Lupul and Schmid in a one, and I know this for a fact because I was there on June 30th when the Edmonton Oilers signed Dwayne Rolison and Fernando Pisani back in 2006, and I saw where the trade was at at that point, and then the additional picks that subsequently came. Shirelli didn't structure the Taylor Hall trade the same way that those other guys did. There was a lesson in that. So, anyhow, you got to build up a, a, an asset base. You got to draft and develop. And the Oilers are only, despite the, the season that Bakersfield had, Edmonton is only a six out of ten, in my opinion, in terms of the farm system. They could be a seven by next year and an eight in two years from now. But they got to continue down that path. When we come back in one minute's time, we'll get to NHL today for elite promotional marketing, more than just sportswear. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1226 in Edmonton. Let's get to NHL today for elite promotional marketing. Elite promotional marketing, more than just sportswear. Here's Brendan Escott. Thanks, Bob. Really uh, not much news at all in the hockey world today, but tonight it is the Islanders and Carolina getting underway over in New York, and out west, San Jose is hosting Colorado. David Krejci considered day-to-day after leaving Game 1 last night against Columbus with an undisclosed injury. He took a pretty hard hit in that game. And a report says the Habs trying to negotiate a deal with pending unrestricted free agent Jordan Will. Bakersfield Condors looking to uh, close out the Colorado Eagles tomorrow night in the best of five. They lead that series 2-1 right now. The Oil Kings and Raiders squaring off tied two games apiece. That goes tonight in Prince Albert. Out west, the Giants take a 3-1 series lead back home against Spokane. And the Brooks Bandits Prince George Cougars square off in game one of the Doyle Cup tonight down in Brooks. Alright, it's 12-27 in Edmonton. Uh, I know the World U18 Championships are going on and one guy that it has not helped has been the uh, Russian forward, but Colson. And Vitaly Pokolzin, he's, he's got two assists in five games. That's it. And I know that many of you watched the game against the United States, and it, it looked like he had a, uh, a lack of high offensive ceiling. I'll give you another name of a guy who fell as a result of that tournament that maybe people, and it's Eastern European player, David Pasternak was a name. Now, that said, um, I... He's ranked as high as third. He might go five or six. I don't know, but I don't see him going three. Hughes, Kako, for me, it's going to be uh, Bowen Byram going three. Doc Turcott and Cousins, for me, four, five, and six. And then we get in a Zgrass and Caulfield, Krebs and Boldy. Uh, so be very intrigued to see what happens here carrying forward with the NHL draft in Vancouver. Who do we got? Uh, is it Kyle? It's Kyle Morris today. Is that right? We got Kyle in. All right. You bet. We're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Kyle Morris. And when we come back on Oilers now for the River Cree Resort and Casino, he's fighting it today, Elliot Friedman. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.